MSW Media. Hey everybody, it's Red Rocker, Sammy Hagar, and you are listening to What Are We Drinking with Dan Dunn. And guess what? We are rocking it. What we are drinking, or we are, was that good? Well, what? it's what we're drinking. Okay, one more time. Hey, the Red Rocker, Sammy Hagar, I'm sitting here with Dan Dunn, and guess what we're drinking? Yeah, that's what we're doing. Woo! Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm your slightly stuffy host. That's right. Cold and flu season has returned. It got me. You know what? Beats the shit out of COVID season. I'll tell you that much. I'll take cold and flu season any day. So I'm a little congested, that's all. But other than that, I'm feeling fine. And uh, how could I not be, given what's going to happen here on this show today? I've got the one and only Sammy Hagar coming up just a little bit. Sammy is a rock and roll legend, he is a booze industry legend, and he is an all-around fantastic human being, and you're going to want to hear that for sure. Speaking of legends, I used to have a show, and I don't mean me, I'm not a legend, but I had a show on Sirius XM way back in the day, 10 years ago, called Happy Hour. And over the weekend, I dug up some old files from the happy hour show. And and I had some great guests on there. I really did. And one of the ones that jumped out at me was Kurt Russell. That's right. The man himself, Snake Plissken. So we used to go and do these on location, the Sirius XM show, kind of like we do with this show a lot. So we went to a place down in Manhattan Beach called Petros. It was a Greek restaurant. I think it might even still be there. And I met Kurt down there the idea was we're going to do one full episode where we drink wine because Kurt has his own wine label called Gogi. And he loves Pinot Noir, so we're going to drink a lot of Pinot Noir and we're going to evaluate it and talk about it. With me was my, my production assistant at the time, Lapita, and also our old friend of the show, Tom Caltabiano. Anybody who listens to this know, knows Tom's been on here a bunch. Tom came down to shoot some photos and then he also ended up jumping on the show with us. But what was great about it is these shows were an hour long and they were very, that was it. We couldn't go over. It wasn't podcast. It was radio. And we finished and we had all this wine left. <clears throat> and I said to Kurt, damn it. We didn't get to everything. I wish we would have got, you know, to these wines that I wanted to trade. And he said, well, can we do another one? Another episode. I said, do you want to do another episode? He said, yeah, can you? Are you allowed? But I said, that's my show. We can do whatever we want. And Kurt said to me, I'll do it on one condition. The second episode of Dan Dunn's Happy Hour will now be hosted by me, Kurt Russell. And I, of course, agreed to that. And so Kurt kicked off the show. And I got to tell you, I thought we did a great job, especially given how much wine we'd consumed leading up to just this second. So here, let me play this for you. This is a little, this is Kurt opening up 
Dan is happy. And I'm even going to play you the, the, the old theme song we had because I like this theme song a lot. You I, Check this out. This guy drinks for a living. Now there's a job they didn't tell you about at career day back in school. Dan Dunn is hanging out at the best bars in the world with the coolest people. With the coolest people. And he's sharing everything he knows about alcohol, going out, and getting buzzed. It's Thursday night and time for Dan Dunn's Happy Hour on Sirius XM Stars 2. Stars 2. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Happy Hour. This is Kurt Russell along with Dan, Lopita, and Tom. Dan's under the table at the moment. We're actually in week two of our Pinot tasting. We had such a great time, but we moved so slowly that we said we got to stretch this little baby another week. So we're back. Tom, it's great to have you here. Good good to be here. I'm glad that we ended the last note on loving the wines that we had. I got to say, Gogi held up, didn't it? It Gogi, by the way, I need to recap on everything. Gogi is Kurt's wine. Uh, Kurt Russell, in case any of you don't know who he is, is uh, he sings the national anthem at cockfights in Mexico? We brought him up. Uh, he's fantastic. Uh, Tom Caltabiano, comedian extraordinaire, uh, Emmy winning, Emmy winning writer. You've won a couple of Emmy. T- t- I mean, two Emmys. Yeah. Oh, gee, who's counting? But yeah. Tom's got his two Emmy, fingers in the air. Emmy winning writer of uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh, Tom's been on the show numerous times. Uh, we are at Petros Restaurant. I'm giving you a thumbs up, yeah, Tom. Kurt's I'm impressed. You a up, yeah. That's not bad. Petros Restaurant, Manhattan Beach, California. This is part two <laughs> of a show we started two weeks ago, and we have not left. We can't. We've we, been here for two fucking weeks. Still not yes. sober. Yes. Still. I, it's my next book, actually. Two weeks with Kurt Russell at one, Petros. I, yeah. I spent two weeks with Kurt Russell one night. Um, <laughs> That's the title of your book. Yeah. yeah. Right, another uh, another funny thing that happened later in the show. Now we are very well lubricated at this point, and Tom has hopped on the mic, Caltabiano, and I don't I don't know what Tom's talking. About. He he something about an aviator Hall of Fame somewhere that he went or he got a book about aviation. And as you may know, Kurt is a pilot himself. He's big into flying. His whole family was big into flying, including his grandfather. And so Tom attempts to. You know, endear himself to Kurt. Really. Let's face it. Tom was trying to. He was he was starstruck as we all were by Kurt, and he wanted to get in good with Kurt. And so he 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 brings this thing up, which leads to us completely losing it. Here we go. I know he's into flying, right? And I had a guide to the aviators in 1932. All the licensed aviators, and I think his grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. is in there. Yeah. And I thought... One of the great I, 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 yeah. I will send... I will take a copy. It's a blue book of aviators. Very in cool. there is Orville Redenbacher, Jimmy Doolittle. Like, no, oh, no, it's a Orville crazy... Orville Wright. Orville Wright, right. rather. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, Redenbacher. Redenbacher. You know, there was a lot of... Po- <laughs> <laughs> Where do we go with that? You're the comedian. You're that the comedian. Where do I go with popcorn and uh, Also, Boy, I'll tell you Colonel one thing Sanders. those early pilots did. <laughs> they like popcorn. Colonel Sanders. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> Colonel Sanders flew right after Lindbergh. 1928, Colonel Sanders goes to Lindbergh. You know what? Have you ever seen the Jimmy Doolittle commercial? For no. carrots? It's incredible. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me see. Who else? Um, it's true. Yeah. No, my grandfather yeah. was a, a he was a national stunt champion for three years, and he was a great, he was a great pioneer was pilot. Name? Bud Russell. Bud and Russell. He was, yeah. Yeah, he flew I over, miss the over days when you could be named Bud. Bud. Yeah. You yeah. Get, you get enough Buds. You don't hear a lot of, yeah, yeah, you don't hear a lot of buddies. I like that. Bud. From now on, call me Bud. What we're drinking with Bud done. I like it. Ah, the good old days. 
yeah, Dandon's happy. All right, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna in the future I'm gonna start pulling up some more clips from that because we really did have some fantastic guests on that show. And uh, why why just leave it in the archives when it can be listened to by me and you and uh, I guess that would be it. <laughs> I don't know who else there could be. Anyway, uh, what else we got? I got some booze news I came across uh, last week, and I wanted to bring this up. You guys ready for some booze news? Breaking news. Okay, article's on Vine Pair, and uh, they say that spirit sales hit a record $37.6 billion in 2022, which was a 5.1% increase over the year before. It said preferences in liquor categories are slightly evolving as vodka sales by volume dropped by 1.5% and the total volume of all whiskey sales actually eclipsed vodka. That's right. Vodka has been the number one, but whiskey's 77, whatever, a lot. And vodka's at 76, passed it. Tequila and mezcal, which we're going to be talking about with Sammy Hagar in a little bit. Tequila and mezcal sales went through the friggin' roof, up 17.2% to a total of $6 billion. Vodka sales were flat, 7.2%. The, wor- the word on the street is that next year, tequila and mezcal may eclipse vodka as the overall sales leader. Not volume, sales, money, cold, hard cash. So there's a little booze news for you. Also, had some people write in and tell me they're disappointed in me, and I hate that. Haping when people are disappointed in me, because I have not been keeping up with our drinks of the week, and apparently there are fans out there that like to get recommendations from me. How flattering is that? On stuff they ought to be drinking, and so... Let's do a drink. So let's do the first one of 2023 drinks of the week. Drinks, drinks, drinks of the week. Drinks, drinks, drinks of the week. Drinks, drinks, drinks of the week. It's what we're drinking with Dan Dunn's drinks of the week. Jazz hands. First up, we got something from. It's a collaboration between Bluebird Distilling, which is just outside of Philly in Phoenixville. That's my home state of Pennsylvania. Uh, collaboration between them and country music star Jordan Davis. It's called Bluebird Days Straight American Whiskey. It is a blend, 90% six-year-old bourbon aged six years, 10% seven-year red winter wheat whiskey aged seven years. Now, I tried this over the weekend. I, I Honestly, I can't tell you what was on the nose because I can't smell anything, but a friend of mine was here and she, she smelled it and said sweet corn and baking spice is what she got. On the palate, I was able to discern a little bit of that. I got vanilla, marshmallow, and then the finish, toffee, butterscotch, vanilla. Really enjoyed it, and I can't wait to drink more of it when I'm not congested as I am right now. But from what I had, really enjoyed it. It's 86 proof, which is 43% alcohol by volume. You knew that. Uh, And it's $50 a bottle. Available nationwide, shipping, Bluebird Distilling's got an online store, so just Google it and find it. It's worth it. I don't know if anybody is familiar with the, you know, they do a wheat whiskey there, four-grain bourbon or rye whiskey. They do a lot of whiskeys there, and they also do gin, vodka, rum. Really beautiful facility I back in Philadelphia, um, or Phoenixville, which is outside of Philly. So uh, you might want to check that out. And then Jordan Davis is a... 
I don't know a lot about country music, but apparently he is the shiz. He was the best new country artist in the 2019 iHeartRadio Music Awards. He's been on Seth Meyers, The Tonight Show. Kim, he was just on Kimmel last week. He's a big deal, and he's partnering with them in this whiskey. Those of you who follow me on the Adam Kroll Show, I was on last week, and just a recap of what I did there, we, we had on uh, a couple of tequilas. One of them was Milagro Silver Tequila, 25 bucks a bottle for this 100% Blue Agave Tequila. I know what that smells. It's very crystal clear. You got a little lemongrass, citrus, black pepper, just a bright, fresh tequila, really. And, and at that price point, you're not going to do better than Milagro Silver, okay? And then a new one that I tried called Marfanista Reposado. That's around $80. This is a brand new one that a single pat, uh, batch pot distilled agave, um, agave, Jesus, maybe I'm more congested than I, maybe my brain's congested. It's 80 proof. You got uh, hints of cooked agave in there. It's very gentle, viscous, caramel, honey sweetness in there. And I bring up Marfanista, not only because we're doing drinks of the week, but because I am hosting a new thing from the Folks that brought you the Whiskey X, of which I have served as the MC proudly for several years, they've now launched a new festival called the Tequila X, and the first one, that's right, the first one is being held this Friday in Los Angeles, California, a place called City Market something, downtown LA. Go to the tequilax.com and get your tickets. I'm going to be there. There's going to be about 50 agave spirits brands pouring, just revelry, folks, fun and frolicking. That's what's going to be happening this Friday, February 24th, Tequila X, Los Angeles, California. Please come say hi to me. And if you can't make it to the event, you can say hi to me on the social media. I'm at the imbiber on Twitter and Instagram. Podcast is at WWD underscore podcast. Is that it? We got enough info right now. We got everything going. Are we ready? Let's get a, let's, let's invite in the folks that make this all possible. These are our sponsors. Let's check out what is happening with the sponsors. And then we get to Sammy Hagar. As the host of a show called What We're Drinking, people often ask me, hey, what are you drinking? When it comes to American made whiskey, my go to is Rabbit Hole. The unique recipes were created by their founder, a guy named Cave. He and his team at Rabbit Hole spare no expense in making their bourbon and rye. They have their own cooking methods and use top-of-the-line grains. They never chill filter, and they use barrels that are toasted, charred, and wood-fired, which almost nobody does. What you end up with is a line of bourbon and rye with these really rich, deep flavors that are unlike anything you've ever tasted. What are you having? It's a question as old as the bartending profession itself. And if you ask me, the answer is Rabbit Hole. Can we play around with my voice a little bit? Put a little sound effect on there? Oh yeah, that's it. Alright, the dictionary defines fresh as recently made or obtained, not canned, frozen, or otherwise preserved. And that same dictionary defines victor as one that defeats an enemy or opponent. This is fitting because when you combine the words fresh and victor, you get a line of all-natural clean-label cocktail mixers that kicks all the other mixers' asses. Fresh Victor is like the Liam Neeson of mixers. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. 
Well, yeah, if great taste could kill, then damn right, Liam Neeson. Fresh Victor features a bunch of unique blends with contemporary flavors designed to suit any palate. All the ingredients are fair trade sourced. There's no artificial anything. The mixers are produced at a 100% solar-powered juicing plant with no waste. None. And right now, Fresh Victor is offering a deal to my listeners that should be taken immediately. Go to FreshVictor.com, fill up your shopping cart, and at checkout, enter promo code FVDAN20. That's FreshVictorDAN20. FVDAN20. You get 20% off your order. Now's the time to treat yourself to the very best mixers on the market. And that's Fresh Victor. now a legend of the music business and the booze business. He's a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and he rocked the spirits world when he launched Cabo Wabo Tequila way back in the 1990s. And now, along with his pal Guy Fieri, he is the proprietor, spiritual standard bearer of Santo Spirits Company, the one and only Sammy Hagar. How are you, Sammy? Dan, I'm good. I uh, haven't been drinking yet, so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'll behave myself probably. I won't, I'll stay on track. We don't want that, man. It's great to see you, man. It's been, it's been a while. I, last time I saw you, we were at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition probably five years, four or five years ago. And uh, look at you. You still look spry. Oh, wait a minute. You see, now my memory just got jolted. The Spirits Competition. I thought you were talking about something else. The Spirits Competition. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Up in that San Francisco. Cool. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, there you go. Yeah, that was that was G Easy was there. That's who was that's there. That's right. One. It was G Easy. Yes, that's, yes. He had his no. He had his uh, Stillwater. Uh, it's a whiskey brand what? in a can, right? Remember that? Yeah, it was yeah. vodka in a can, though. I mean, who wants to drink vodka in a can? Was it vodka? I don't like to drink anything out of a can. I thought it was beer. whiskey. I thought he was doing whiskey. Nope, oh. it was vodka. Okay, and it wasn't bad, by the way. No, no, no. no. You you've done well in these competitions over the year both with with the, the rum and the cabo wabo and now santo um there's so much i want to talk to you about man because you you just well first of all i had you on the adam corolla show last week of course everybody loves it corolla loves you but you first thing i want to get out of the way here sammy is you and i grew up with similar backgrounds right not a lot of money poor we had dads who drank too much we had moms who did their best to raise us right so what i'm wondering is why am i not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> what did I do wrong, Sammy? You took a left turn when I I took a right. You took a left. We were going down the same damn road, and you just turned the wrong direction. You know, it's like you got to have a road map. You know, nowadays you got GPS for this stuff, but in the old <laughs> days when when we were young, <laughs> that was it. Well, speaking of road map, I mean, there you go. That's a, what a segue. You are. The guy. When anybody asked me, in fact, I recently just did a thing down here in L.A. on KTLA talking about so you know famous people and the spirits business you were the guy who basically wrote the book on how to do this and i know let me say this right up front i i am not calling cabo wabo which you didn't a celebrity brand and i know you hate that too so that's not but 
you were the first guy. When anybody asks, I, you know, people bring up, sometimes I hear them say, oh, well, Clooney, get the fuck out of here. You did this so long ago. I, I mean, if I got the story right and you tell me, you saw something in People magazine in 1983, Keith Richards' wedding in Cabo, and you thought, I'm going to go there. Is that what happened? That's what happened. And once I got to Cabo, when I walked into the hotel, which at that time there were three hotels down there, that was it, all dirt roads, one flight in, one flight out. Everybody kind of knows how and then what Cabo was like. And they handed you a margarita when you got to the hotel. And I tasted that margarita, and it was 100% pure agave. It was made with fresh lime and it was made with a simple syrup or, a, you know, a, a, an orange liqueur and had, you know, beautiful sea salt around the rim. And I, it flipped me out. I went, whoa, this is the best cocktail I've ever had in my life. And that kind of set me off on. I asked the guy, what's this made of? He said, that's yeah, tequila, lime and, you know, blah, blah, blah. and I'm thinking, wow, why haven't I ever had a margarita like that? Because I was drinking a mixed old bull crap margarita probably had a worm in it. everybody was drinking mixto then like nobody yeah. nobody in the states really and even i mean you even wrote i mean you wrote uh, cabo wabo the song the van halen song was in 1988 and i'm thinking to myself what americans were drinking mezcal i mean you probably know ron cooper i'm a friend of mine as well and and ron was the guy that brought mezcal to the states and that wasn't until the mid 90s and you're already so far ahead of the game i mean how did you how did you recognize? Was it just luck in a way? I mean, I, obviously you appreciated the quality of the spirit, but you're so far ahead of the game. Well, that's it. I was raised by my mother, like you, who was a, she- a cook. Her, her dad was a chef and a chap from Italy, came straight from Sicily over here. He was a chef his whole life. So I was around great food all my whole life. Even when we were poor, my mom could make a great meal out of something. So my palate got developed. You know, As soon as I went to other people's house to eat, I go, man, this ain't good. <laughs> this ain't any good. So when I tasted a, a great margarita and pure 100% agave tequila, I got excited. I thought, this is amazing because all my friends and, you know, growing up, you'd say, ah, I can't drink tequila anymore. Everybody, once you're an adult, oh, God, no, no more tequila. Anymore. That's what they were saying in 87 and 88, 85. Oh, no, no, no. I've, I had my worst nightmare of tequila. When you find out 100% agave is a different thing and the taste of it is so much better, blah, blah, blah. So I got excited about that. So I, next time I came to Cabo, I said, hey, I want to take a trip to Guadalajara because I'm going to buy a house down here. I got a little uh, condo, the first condo units ever in Cabo called Terrasol. And I, I bought a condo and I had to go furnish it. So I went to Guadalajara and a guy said, well, let's go to Tequila, man. I said, yeah, let's go to Tequila. And then, then I, I got was the it. bug. Then I started drinking Tequila and going, man, this is I, way too my, you know, you go on an ego trip is what happened to me. My ego got involved. I said, I'm going to blow everybody's mind. I'm going to blow every, every guy that comes up that says to me, I can't drink tequila. And we go, yeah, but wait a minute, you try this. And they, they'd go, wow. So honestly, it was that, that was the, the whole process. And building that brand was so easy because I just went around turning people on. I went on the radio, you know, I went on an Adam Carolla show back in the old days and about my book and stuff. And what, what did we end up talking about besides Van Halen was, Tequila. <laughs> so it was my passion. And and I got to say that that's, that's how I built the brand, strictly out of passion. You started a restaurant. You started a bar restaurant, though. I mean, let's so everybody understands. You built Cabo Wabo in, in yeah. Cabo. It was a big, big venue that you wanted to be able to play music and drink. And, have, and that's how the brand really started, because you wanted your own tequila in your own place. And then what you realized was that's what people were drinking. And eventually you got rid of all the other tequilas in the bar and it was only yours. Right. And, 
And no, no, we never we never threw them all out. But but they, they but you know. Cabo Wobble at that time was the number one selling tequila, for, absolutely, and all of Cabo probably. But now Santo, actually, my new tequila, to be honest with you, is the number one selling tequila at the Cabo Wobble. It's not because we push it more or anything. The house margarita is a, is made with Cabo Wobble, and it always will be because it is the Cabo Wobble. But, the you know, if you say, hey, do a shout out, you know, tequila is one of them brands people shout out. It's like, you know, no one says I'll just have a margarita. They go, you know, I want a blah blah margarita. I want to use it with Patron. I want to use a Don Julio, whatever. <clears throat> so Santos really in Cabo is just man, it's on fire. We we sell more Santo from the Cabo Wobble than any other place in in the world. So it's incredible. Uh, it, yeah, yeah, I know. It, it just good tequila matters. People think you think just because you're making a margarita, it matters. It's like saying, no, I can make this soup. I'm going to make this potato soup out of rotten potatoes. Well, it's not going to be good. I'm going to make this solid salad out of wilted lettuce. It's not going to be good. You have to have good ingredients. And, and uh, man, that's Santos. You start with a good tequila. You know, Cabo Wild was still a good tequila. No question about it. But I'm, I'm a big fan of Blanco. Remember, I was giving you some shit. Before we started this thing about Blanco, I was saying, you got to compare Blanco to Blanco. Well, I, I, no, no, I'm, I'm with you, though, Sammy. I, I say this all the time when people there. In fact, it's kind of crazy how much you get referenced when people ask me about agave spirits, probably because you've been doing it for so long and you were really sort of my introduction to it as well. But I'm with you on that. I, I don't there's nothing wrong with a good añejo. There's and I'd like. But to be honest with you. I like the agave flavor, and the more time it spends in the wood, the less you're getting of the agave, and the more you're getting of the wood characteristics. I prefer a Blanco, silver, whatever you want to call it, uh, above all else, which I think is great. Now, but but quickly, I want to get to you. So you do this, and the thing starts to take off. You start to input, you find a guy. I think it was a guy from Napa that starts bringing it into the States. Right. And, and next thing you know, you go from 37,000 cases in the first year to 140,000 cases in 2006. And then suddenly the, the big brand, the big conglomerates come knocking. Right. And I love this story where they're offering you 20 million, 30 million, which was a lot more than you we're making at the time, like you were making money, you're a rock star, but this is money. This is life-changing money. And you're like, no, no, no. And then uh, Campari comes along. They come down, the, the, CEO, the, the CEO of Campari flies down to see you, and they said, what's the number? And you say $100 million, and they go, okay. And that, to me, <laughs> seriously, Sammy, that's one of the most pivotal moments, for better and worse, too, and that's what I want to get into with you, in the modern spirits business, because that was the moment that has, in my opinion, yielded what a lot of what we're seeing now, where Clooney got a billion and you're hearing they're offering the rock three billion for Terramana. You were the guy that did it. But the reason it did it, you cared about it. You walked the walk. You talk there's so many guys now or guys, gals that are in the business are famous. I don't give a shit. They're slapping their name on it. This was blood, sweat, and tears. This was something you loved, you were passionate about, and then it yielded this giant payday. So how do you feel as the guy that did it first to see what's happening now where you can't throw a rock and not hit a celebrity that has a, a, a tequila brand? Yeah, it's diluted the whole beauty and, and, and uh, the romantic side of what, the way I did it, which was just so great. I always tell people to say, hey, I want my own tequila. I want my own brand. I'm going, you know, well, go out and get it. You know, dig the ditch, man. You know, uh, pave the road yourself. Go down and don't don't look for a paved road. You know, go find some off off road and like I mean, just 
that was the beauty was going down there and learning how to do it and seeing how they made it and getting involved and tasting it and say, hey, can I get this meat a little bit sweeter? And they'd say, no, we don't add any additives. Okay, but how could you make it sweeter? Oh, well, you can trim the agave a little tighter, get rid of all the green stuff. It's what bitter is. And I'd say, well, let's do that. And they'd say, well, it costs an extra money. I go, I don't care what it costs. I want to make the best tequila in the world. I want my tequila to be the just purest agave. I don't want, you know, and, and, and it was just learning. I'm just asking questions. And the guy would say, okay, here's a $235 bottle called Cabo Uno. You know, and I'm going, whoa, why was it so expensive? Well, you threw all this stuff away, you know, and you just trimmed the heart and then you aged it in wood for three and a half years. And like I said, I'm not a big fan of aged tequila. I'm okay with it, but I can drink one, you know, like do a sip a shot, you know, a sip a couple ounces of it. But when I make a drink, which is a margarita is the best damn drink on the planet. It's that and a mojito. I love a good rum mojito, but, but the, a margarita made right. It's a Blanco, man. I don't even want to see that wood in there. I want it pure and clean and refreshing, you know, but as what drives me nuts is that so many people are just doing it, just putting their name on it and not experiencing going down and eating the tacos when they're made locally where the pigs are eating the, the agave pulp after they crush it, you know, yeah. the, the juice out of it, they feed the pigs the agave and then you eat the pigs in a taco and you're drinking the tequila. Brother, I got goosebumps all over my body right now. You can see me. I look like I need to go to see the dermatologist real quick because it was so amazing and it was so great. And, that, and I just still live for it. That's why I'm still in the tequila business. I'm in the rum business too. The rum's pretty passive because cane, when you see the cane done right, it's good. I'm not a molasses guy, but it's, you can't make it out of cane anymore. It's too expensive. But Long story short, when I see these other people doing it and people say, oh, George Clooney, man, look what he did. He was the first guy to do this. Isn't that cool? I'm thinking, man, I built, I, I started a brand, built it and sold it before those guys even thought about it, you know, and, and, and I'm not down on them. They're not stupid. They're smart guys. No, <laughs> and, and look, everybody, you were the, you were the trailblazer. I mean, they saw what you did and they said, Jesus Christ, like, you know, I want a piece of that action, but I think a lot, I, and I'm not knocking Clooney and Gerber. I think they, you know, they, there's certain people I've encountered in my career that really do get out there and they go to the festivals yeah. and they meet the bartender like you, we were talking about being at San Francisco. You don't have to do that shit. You don't have to, you don't need to, you know, you want to do it. And there are other people that are doing that, but then we know there's others that aren't, but let's get back to what you were talking about with your drinking. So this episode's dropping on the 21st, and the next day, the 22nd, is National Margarita Day. As we know, margarita is the most popular cocktail in the United States. It should be in the world. It's not in the world, but the rest of the world doesn't get tequila enough. See, they don't get good enough tequila around the rest of the parts of the world. It's too hard to make a lot of, uh, you know, agave is a shortage, man. I mean, there's only so much that can only be grown in that little area. But, but yeah, it is the best. it's the best cocktail on the planet. Do you know what the second most popular cocktail is in the United States? I think it's a rum and coke or something. It's actually the martini, according to oh. according according to the the, the discus distilled spirits council. Oh, the martini. No, I believe that. I'm a big martini guy. Before you eat a meal, a martini is what sets it up good. A margarita is sometimes too sweet before a meal. It kind of ruins your appetite a little bit. To where a, a martini really sets your appetite up, in my opinion. But you can have a uh, you can have a white rum if it's good white rum you can have a white rum martini or you can have a gin martini you have a vodka martini or you can have a blanco margarita i mean a blanco tequila martini and i'm telling you they all work it's like great you know it just yeah. get you going well you i i read i was gonna ask you if you do the tequila when you perform but then i read tell me if this is right that you when you're performing 
you like to drink Dr. Pepper and rum because you, yeah. you get a little, you get a little caffeine, gets you going from the Dr. Pepper and the rum gives and, you a little, little, little glow. Totally. It's <laughs> a, it's like a, it's like a, a nice little wave. You just kind of ride it, you know, and you don't get all wasted. You don't get, you know, I, I can't, I couldn't drink a doc. I couldn't drink a Coca-Cola or Dr. Pepper Pepsi, you know, in, in, afternoon if i drink a can i'd be jacked out of my mind man i'd drive people crazy i'd be painting my house and stuff so but but on stage you need that energy and and i like the little buzz too and there's i call it a, a pepper upper <laughs> <laughs> but i i do a shot of tequila before michael anthony and i we're we're big you know let's celebrate this thing and do a shot and go out and do our thing and then when i'm on stage so i maintain it with yeah dr pepper and rum my you know my my blanco rum my pl- uh, platinum rum it's really good but I like to use that when I'm when I'm on stage. I like to use the, the this redhead thing. It's called redhead. It's macadamia nut red. It's a high syrup content. It's a floater. It's uh, and it, it when you put it in with the Coke or with the Dr Pepper and that sweetness and the syrup and it just soothes my throat. I mean, it's like you know, it's like having a throat. It sounds really good. Yo, it's delicious. <laughs> Trust me, I only drink delicious things. But if you catch me drinking something, go that goes. Ooh, I hate this stuff. No, look, 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 look. no. Well, you know what's great too, man? You mentioned Michael Anthony, who was the was the bass player in Van Halen and the bass player in Chicken Foot. You've worked with him a ton. A lot of your projects. What I love about your music, music you make with him, and music you make with others, is I was. Walking around, walking my dog today, getting getting pumped up for the interview, listening to a bunch of your stuff, and I was listening like, "Oh yeah, from Chicken Foot," and oh, yeah. and you it it just makes you want to have a drink and go have a good time, and you don't hear a lot of that in the rock space as much anymore. I think you hear a lot more of that kind of music in maybe in the R and B space, maybe in the the party. Like you know, I was I went back, I listened to some of the old Van Halen stuff that you did, and I'm like. This is fun. I was listening to Cabo Wabo. You know, you talk about what would you call it, the Cabo Wobble when you get when you have a little. Yeah. You don't hear a lot. Of, you don't hear as much of that anymore, do you? Or maybe we're not listening in the right places. Where just music that celebrates exuberance and living life and having a good time and, and letting loose. Uh, well, I hate to get too much into what's going on in the world today. That's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the things is you can't say anything anymore, and you can't talk about certain things, and you can't be as liberated uh with your art you know it's like you got to be so careful nowadays oh you're talking about booze oh you can't but we can't play that oh you're talking about sex or you're talking about this oh you're you know you're yeah, that doesn't sound nice talking about women that way or you know you can't it's like oh, geez, yeah no, we're just having you, a good, trying to have a good time when you're having a party man anything goes brother you know and so when you <laughs> when you're singing about it on stage you know rock stars in the 80s we got away with anything and everything and it was a blast because it was it was harmless i mean you know there was sure some damage done people became alcoholics and drug addicts are you are you suggesting that not everybody in the 80s was drinking dr pepper to get up for the shows (laughs) (laughs) could there have been something else going on i think it was more of a coke thing (laughs) it was more more than dr pepper it's more coke you know no and no 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 coca-cola either just have a coke Well, I mean, I remember listening to you once on Howard Stern and you were talking about, uh, and I mean, this is a long time ago, but you used to take little intermissions below the, below the stage, not drugs, nah, but other, hold on wait, here, you, hold uh, on you here. talked about that on Stern. I remember you trying to get, was in my book, but you're trying to get me in trouble now. See, no. <laughs> <laughs> I got to deny that. It's nowadays. all in the past, Sammy, all in the past. We, uh, you know, we all been there. No, we had a lot of fun. The eighties was amazing, amazing, uh, 
being a rock star in the 80s. Is- you were in the biggest band in the world. You were, I mean, when you came in, I mean, you started in Montrose, then you're doing your, then you're doing your solo stuff. And then suddenly you, you're, you're in Van Halen. And it doesn't happen very often that you replace that a guy who is a very popular lead singer, David Lee Roth, yeah, leaves absolutely. the band. It's I can I can think of two examples off the top of my head: ACDC, and they didn't replace. He died, Bon Scott, and then yeah. uh, Brian Johnson comes in, and, and they do the biggest selling record ever. I think at that point, same thing with you. You come in. It was fifty one fifty was your first record with Van Halen, right? It was like. 5150, OU812, uh, what's the Carnal Knowledge? Was that the, what's the? Yeah, Foreign Lawful Carnal Knowledge, the fuck record. I mean, these are massive. You are in the biggest band in the world, living the life. You're fucking living in Cabo. You got a place in Cabo. You're just, yeah, I guess you are looking back on the 80s fondly. I would be if I were you. I'm not even you, and I'm like excited about you. I, I meet all these younger guys, you know, Adam Levine and people like that that are, you know, nowadays, you know, pop stars and, you know, so-called rock stars or whatever they're, you know, John Mayer, anybody that I talk to that come that I get to meet. And, and uh, I'm pretty lucky because I had it, my TV show, Rock or Road Trip, which is, I, I did five years so that I'm done with it, but that was great. So I got to meet all these people and all of them, all they would say to me is, oh, dude, man, they're like bowing down. You know the luckiest guy in the world, man. You were you were in the eighties, man. You were the king. You know, the, you know the world. You're in the biggest band in the world in the eighties, man. Oh God, you know, like it's just not the same anymore. You know, it's really because guess what? Here it is. Anything you would do, imagine the shit you did back in the eighties for, and people just having the cameras. They just pull them out, and it's like you can't do anything anymore. I feel bad. I feel bad for famous people because, like, I knew back in the day. I used to live in Aspen, and I worked with Hunter S. Thompson. And I'm, I had a conversation with a friend of mine. I go, could you imagine if people would have had camera phones back then? I mean, the shit that we were doing and the people that would come to see Hunter. I'm talking, you know, Keith Richards and, you know, Tom Wolfe and all these people that were coming in. And, you know, there were drugs flowing and drinking and women and everything else. Cameras ruined it. They ruined it. Yeah, I got to I got to say you're 100% right. I can't do shit anymore. <laughs> I just yeah. walked around with a hat and shades on saying hi. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Want to do a shot? Sure. Here we go. Let me ask you this. You mentioned, you mentioned Adam Levine. He was your original partner in Santo. He goes, then you go, then you, now you got Guy Fieri in there. And I love Guy. Really super nice guy. But how did you guys connect? How did this, because it seems like a perfect fit. Oh, Guy Fieri has been my friend since before the Food Network. He he had a restaurant up north called uh, uh, Johnny Garlics. And uh, we had a, in California, the Cabo Wabo team before I was, before I sold it, when I owned it, we had a contest where who any restaurant that sold the most Cabo Wabo for a three month run or something. When I, I had announced my tour with the Wabos, they, when I came to that town, we would and I'd do a concert in that town was part of the deal too. It's like if they had a restaurant, some weird little town, I'd go up there, we'd do a show. And uh, they got to meet me, come backstage and hang out. And I gave him a signed guitar. So Guy Fieri wins. He takes and he puts Cabo Wabo in the well. And Cabo Wabo is like 40 bucks back then. And, and you know, you could buy a lot of them other over nine, $10 for, for, a, you know, a well drink. So he puts Cabo Wabo in the well at his restaurant and sells the most Cabo Wabo. Like it was like, whoa, this guy blew it out. So uh, I, I invite him to the show. I play Santa Rosa. Uh, and uh, he comes to the show. He walks in. He's in shorts, flip flops. Guy looks like me. He's got 
his hair fucking blonde, got my shades on. I'm going, this dude's like my brother. I like this guy. <laughs> we yacked before the show and we're going, oh man, this is so great. I said, here's your guitar. We took pictures, right? And I signed the guitar. Well, I'm on stage. He sends that guitar back with his chef uh, in his restaurant and one of, one of the guys and he made sushi for him and he brings it down. A guy after the show, guy comes walking in, I dress him with a guitar that I signed for him and with sushi on it. And we ate off the guitar. And I said, and we're drinking cobble wobble shots, you know. And by the way, Blanco tequila, once again, and sushi is fan friggin' tastic. Okay. So anyway, forget sake. <laughs> Do it with the tequila. <laughs> and, and 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 we just became friends. So, you know, we were friends. We'd come to concerts. He'd come and cook for me backstage all the time when I play locally in San Francisco. Long story short, he becomes a big food network star. He's still the same guy, crazy as hell. We're hanging out all the time. And then I sell Cobble Wobble. He's the first guy that called me. And he said, dude, did I, what I read, is that true? And I said, yeah. He said, he gave me the number. He said, like a gazillion dollars. I said, yeah. He's going, dude, if you ever do that shit again, you call me. I want to be your partner. So that's, I, that's I how said, happened. of course, guy, of course. Right. But I got a non-compete, you know, like, you know, seven years or whatever. So he says, yeah, I'm telling you, though, blah, blah, blah. So that, that's how long we've known each other. Seven years go by. Adam Levine calls me and says in Cabo, he said, hey, I want to make tequila. Uh, can you help me out? And I said, well, the only way I know how to do it is the right way. I'm not, we don't endorse. Let's go down and, you know, see the factory and, and uh, the, the distillery and blah, blah, blah. So we hung out a little bit. Adam's a cool guy. So we hung out a little bit. And he was saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, look, I don't want to make tequila because I already made tequila. Cabo Wabo's great tequila. I don't want to step on my own, you know, feet, you know. So I said, I want to make mezcal. And he's going, oh, I don't like mezcal. I said, well, I don't either. <laughs> so we, I went down to Oaxaca and we tasted mezcal. With, I went by myself. I went with my friends went, and my Cabo Wobble partners in, in the cantina down there, Jorge and everybody. We're drinking mezcal. I'm going, you know, I, I just can't make mezcal. And then, then one of my partners says, well, what if we make a hybrid? I said, yeah, that's not a bad idea. So we started <clears throat> trying to blend it. We found the mezcal we liked. And I knew El Vejito, who still makes Santo, I, I, that Juan and Water. I said, I will get Juan and Water to make the tequila. But they all said, no, we can't do this. You're crazy. There's no such thing as mesquila. I, I, I called it mesquila. I said, let's make mesquila. And they were like, no, no, there's no such thing. Blah, blah, blah. So I made mesquila. And we got it done. It's a long story, but it was tough. The government would say, no, there's no such thing as mesquila. Well, mesquila. finding that balance has got to be interesting, too, because, I mean, you're, you've got – it mitigates some of the smoky flavor of the mesquila. But – I bet it wasn't as easy as it seems when I when I drink it. I'm like, this is really good. But I bet finding that balance between the mezcal and the tequila was difficult. Dan, it took a year. I kept tasting and saying, damn, well, let's try more mes more tequila. No, let's try it more mezcal. Oh, that's 72, 38. You know, we were getting deep with it, the math, you know, and it really never came together. Finally, Juan Eduardo says, you know, he's with his team. He said, we were sitting around. We said, Let's do something to it. There's a process you have to do. And I'd rather not say what it is. Honestly, I know it sounds like the stupid thing, like there's a secret. There is a secret. So he said, once we did that and then that, he goes, everyone tasted and said, this isn't tequila. This isn't mezcal. This is mezquila. And he said, we just celebrated and we came running up to you know California and, and Adam and I tasted it. And Adam goes, oh, that's pretty good. But you know, he, he had a different opinion what he wanted to make. And then he had a problem. Uh, he had kind of endorsed Casamigo. And oh. when he started doing things for them while well, he was my partner, I said, hey, 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 dude. Can't do uh -uh. that. Can't do that. Bye-bye. You know, so 
So we, we parted ways. We're still friends, but we had to part ways because when he, he basically was in uh, on the on the Casamigo team, like everybody was Casamigo went and bought everybody, you know, except me. I, I, I was up for sale. I had already had my money. So long story short, I call it guy. Guy calls me and says, you mother. I'm saying, guy, because this was short lived. This is, you know, it took a long time to make it. But when it first came out was when Adam left the left the team. But he was involved all the way up to there. So Guy didn't know anything about it. Long story short, as soon as Guy got wind of it, he calls me. I said, no problem. Buy Adam out. And he'll sell for, you know, because he has to sell it anyway. He has to give us his shares back because he, he fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> so he, long story short, I, I, a guy came in and bought Adam's shares. And boom, uh, we just, it's been pow. But of course, Adam, I mean, um, um, the first thing guys say, I want to make tequila. I don't want to make just mesquila. We got to make, I said, hold on. Geez. Well, he went nuts. If it wouldn't have been for him, I probably still wouldn't have a, a, a like a, a reposado on the market. You see, our, our, our Añejo isn't even out yet. We've been in business like four years because we keep aging it, trying different things. And we had to buy all new barrels. We, we made a whole batch that we threw away. Well, we sold it to somebody else because the barrels weren't good enough. And, you know, it was old, two old barrels and I could taste the must in the mold. And guy and I got good palates because he's a chef yeah. and we're going, no, you know, this, uh, we, this ain't as good as so-and-so's. Well, then we ain't going to put it out. So we had to buy all new barrels. So we've been starting over with Arneo again and again and again. How long are you aging? What's your repo? About seven months in barrel? Oh yeah. Seven, eight months. It's almost a year. Some of it, because you know, we, we, we blend it, but now we have a single barrel thing too, which is really cool. Problem with single barrel, though, you get a batch that's not as good as another one, but they're all good. But it's just like, you know, single vineyard uh, wineries and stuff. People think, oh, I want single vineyard. Well, sometimes let that let the guy blend it and you're going to get a better quality of more consistency. But when you're doing, you know, one vineyard, one vineyard, one's got more sun, sweeter. One's got less sun and too much water and it's not as uh, dense. You know, there's it's 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 tricky. I, I like getting into all that. But the single origin thing to me is a little bit of a. Um, people just kind of wanting to have something different, you know, or say they're really hip, you know, they can tell, tell the difference because you can't. <laughs> do you worry, Sam, uh, because you you touched on this earlier. Do you worry at all because agave spirits have blown up tequila, mezcal, the demand is so high. It's good. It's about to overtake vodka. It probably will next year as the number one selling spirit in the United States. It should. It's better. Do you worry we're going to run out of agave? Because that is a real legit concern down oh, there. Oh, hell yeah. You know what's going to happen? The prices are going to go up so high because they already have. I already pay three times what I paid in Cabo Wobble. And when I was started Cabo Wobble, before I sold it, I my price tripled in the years that I owned it. And then since then, it's tri- tripled or quadrupled again. So the profit margins are going down. That's why there's so much shitty tequila on the market because people will take... A, a one the size of a freaking basketball or a volleyball, which is sour and just tastes like crap. You no matter does it hasn't got the age on it. Yeah, no. And you got to add sugars and you got to add syrups. You got to add vanilla flavor. There's so many vanilla, coconut. You taste a blanco tequila. That's why I say taste blanco to blanco. Because if you taste a blanco that tastes too much like vanilla, too much coconut, too much uh, citrus and weird other, you're going wait a minute. <clears throat> They're putting that crap in here because it don't taste like that. Agave, pure agave has a little bit of a salty thing, a very sweet honey thing to it. And it's and it's got agave. And that's why people go, 
whoo, when they take a shot because it's got a whoo, it gives you goosebumps. It's like it's got a thing. And when they take that out, and I hate to burn on Casamigo, but, you know, they said they wanted to, you know, smooth out tequila, make it for everybody. Well, tequila is not for everybody. And if it is, well, then you can mix it and make that. But straight tequila, I don't know, too many things in there. I, we Santo, our whole flagship thing is quality, pure, ripe agaves, trim them tight, a little bit less margin. We don't make the same money that some people make on the, on a bottle. But, man, try it next to it. It's pure. No aftertaste other than agave. You don't get you don't get these weird flavors in your mouth. Going, mm, I taste kind of. I just read a review of something and it was not it didn't make me happy because it was somebody that I wish they wouldn't have done that. Uh, and and it said it was like had an ethanol, a little bit of it finished with a little bit of ethanol. I thought, whoa, 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 what's going on here? That's not a, a, an agave, you know, flavor. Yeah. Uh, how did that happen? It's like. They're just making it so cheap now because it's so expensive to make. So they're just cutting every corner they possibly can. Santo is not cutting corners. We're not making the same margin like somebody else at the same price range. But hey, that's not. Guy and I are rich. Okay, I was going to say. Folks, in case I nobody knows. You know what's in funny case, about that, man, is the parallels are interesting. Well, we're not doing this for money. That's yeah, that's what right. I'm to say. I, I, I was looking up, and there's interesting parallels because Guy now has just become his own. You know, he's just huge you know and he i Super mean stuff. and deservedly so when guy opened his infamously opened his restaurant in times square and he got lambasted by the fucking critics it's funny <laughs> same thing happened to you in cabo i was i looked at a thing where the la times said celebrities just can't resist opening a restaurant they cracked and they compared it to don drysdale's sports bar in van nuys right and little did they know you aren't screwing around that was the beginning. You doing that was the beginning of all of this. Just like, you know, and you didn't back down. You're a good dude. You stayed true. You 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 weren't trying to rip people off. You were trying to, and that matters. And it, it really, it makes me feel good to know that that matters. That good people that are doing good stuff can have all the success that you've had and all the success that Guy has had and, and are going to continue to have. I think it's fantastic. The Cabo Wobble in Mexico has been there. You, you can call it whatever you want. That baby has been there over 30 years. The food is fantastic. It's better every year. We The only thing I work on is keeping the sound system right. That place spit, spit, spot, spit shine clean, and the food gets better and better, and the drinks are always made. If you saw the wheelbarrow of lime that our staff, 124 people, slice and freshly juice every day, we would never have a mix mixer put in a margarita. Those margaritas are handmade. I used to make the salt myself, but they put in two big hotels around my house, and it, I don't trust the water anymore. But but before that was happening, I used to make my own salt for the cantina, and, it, and for myself too. I still have some, but not enough to put in the cantina anymore. So you know that that's the kind of uh, way I like to do things. The only Cabo Wabo that I closed down recently and during COVID it closed and I wouldn't let the guy reopen because the food was not up to standards of the LA ones. It's now it's called the Cabo Cantina. I have nothing to do with that place. Oh, and yeah. you know, it's like, cause the, you know why I won't put, let, I made him get rid of the Wabo dude because it was not up to standards and, and it was a licensing deal. And I couldn't control the guy. So the lesson here is if you want the Wabo, you can have the Cabo, but if you want the Wabo, 
Got to be up to standard there standards. <laughs> no wabo. You should make shirts. No wabo. No the, wabo wait, for if you. you. Can't do the wabo. Don't do the cabo. <laughs> walk the walk, talk the talk, and wa- do the wabo. I got to throw this in. Of all that you've written, amazing lyrics, and you've you've said some incredible things. But I gotta I gotta say personally, of all the many things you've written and said, done, I'm gonna go with this as my personal favorite. It's a little self serving. It's in a little book called uh, Living Loaded, came out in 2012, and there's a quote on the back, a blurb, as they call him in the biz, that says, Dan Dunn's writing is like kick-ass, balls-to-the-wall, rock and roll, cranked ear-bleed levels, makes you feel great, and really pisses off the neighbors. I can drink to that. Sammy Hagar, rock and roll Hall of Famer, founder of Cabo Wabo Tequila, and now Santo. So I, I thank you officially on the air. For that quote, which I know you wrote every word of that, Sam. I know you did. You know. Well, I think the part that I that the main part I wrote was, "I'll drink to that." I'll do- <laughs> Your assistant came. You said, "Can you give this guy a quote?" And I'll drink to that. Okay, there we go. I'll write the rest. No, I. Hey, man, I. It means a lot to me to have you on the back of that book. It really does. And uh, what a what an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you. And. Uh, I'm uh, excited for what's coming next. And one of these days, I'm going to make my way down there and uh, and have a drink with you in Cabo. I'm opening up a new Cabo Wobble, Sammy Hagar's Cabo Wobble Beach Club in Huntington Beach at the Waterfront Hilton Resort, right across the street from the beach. We're doing a poolside. I reinvented, I've just completely reinvented the Cabo Wobble concept for when you got a body of water, like a, a, a big pool, a poolside, or a uh, a, a lake or, or a, um, you know, of course the ocean's my favorite, the beach. And it's right there across the street from the beach on PCH at Huntington beach. And it's opening up uh, the end of next month, spring break. And it is going to be my first Cabo Wabo beach club. And I'm so excited. I'm coming. I live in Venice. 480 I'm rooms. in Venice it's, beach. It's, I can head yeah. down there. I'm, I'm heading down. I'm, I'm going to get come the info before I come down. Well, listen, everybody, uh, I, Santo, you got it. You got the tequila, you got the mesquila, you got Sammy Hagar. His music is everywhere. You can consume music, and, and, and it's fun. And, and, and get yourself a do me Do a favor. Do yourself a favor. Get a guitar. Get some sushi. Put it on there. Invite Guy over. <laughs> that, that sounds like a fun party. But anyway, Sam, uh, again, really a pleasure to have you on, man. It's always great to see you, and, I, and thanks for taking the time. Look, let me show you. Boom. There it is. <laughs> well, I know Wait. he's showing the tattoo. He's got the Santa. Beach bar rum guy. I love the, the, it. He's got all of his the, brands tattooed on his arms. I'm and, like, I'm like a walking, living, on on skin uh, NASCAR driver. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sam. I have my own endorsements everywhere. You're the best, man. Thank you. That's gonna do it for this episode two one zero two ten. What we're drinking. I want to thank Kurt Russell for talking to me all those many years ago and letting me rehash it here. Tom Caltabiano, La Pizza. And of course, Sammy Hagar. What a man. What a man. What a man. What a mighty good man. Of course, I want to thank you, my friends, for being part of this. Follow me at The Imbiber on Instagram and Twitter at WWE underscore podcast on Instagram is the podcasts uh what am i talking about jesus i'm losing my mind right instagram that's it uh next episode we got uh, my old friend gina grad from the late of the adam carolla show gina's got a new book out and she's going to be joining me on the next episode 
And beyond that, I, you know what I want to do right now is I just want to thank each and every one of you for being here. You've been great, really. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming by. Thank you, 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 thank you,